Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. This week, Pastor Aaron and Christy and, and their family is gone for the week, so pray for them just getting a little bit of rest and just coming back renewed. And I love that they get to do that before the Christmas season, and so pray for, uh, yeah, just their, their, their time away. I love that. He asked for me to pray so or to preach, and so you guys get stuck with uh, two times in three weeks. I probably should just apologize. So uh, we were going to have Ryan preach, but you know he got back last night and thought maybe he jet lag. It could have been fun and interesting. He's he's fired up this morning, ready to preach. We just say it all together. How many of you love you some Jesus? Come on. So missing. Uh, I was like, well, and I sat in the office a few weeks ago and just were like, man, what, do you guys have any ideas for Christmas? And I was like, well, I got kind of an idea. What if we, I love the book of Colossians. I love the, the letter of encouragement that Paul writes. And for me, it's one of my favorite books. And when I say this, I, it's probably my favorite scripture in all of the Bible. And it's, Colossians 1 is the gospel through and through. This is what Colossians 1 says, 15 the firstborn over all creation, for in son is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrown. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Someone say amen. amen. I love this truth. The supremacy of Christ, this is the best part. Church, I love this. That Jesus was not affixed to us messing up. Come on. He wasn't like, oh, we screwed up God's plan. I guess I got to fix something. Jesus was, he is, and he always will be the plan. Does that make sense? We have to know this truth as the foundation of our belief that Jesus was, is, and always will be the answer from the very beginning of time. Because everything was made for him and through him. What gets me excited? That's First reason I love it so much. The second reason is a little more personal. This one might be hard to share. My wife's in this service. I, uh, if you know anything about me, I'm kind of crazy. Messed up my ACL. I've had a lot of injuries in my life. I've broke my back. I've messed up my ACL, MCL, knee, ankle reconstruction, lots of surgeries. But by far the worst one, church back in Colorado, June in 2007, I went to a, a church back in Colorado, a church barbecue and volleyball night. How do you get hurt playing volleyball? Well, um, I was diving for a ball because I'm, my, my nose literally like completely moved over to this side and just wasn't really HP uh, corporate softball needs another softball player tonight. Is there any way you could play? And I'm like, play softball with a broken nose. And um, as I, I'm on first base and the person behind me hits a line drive to the the pitcher, and without even looking, the pitcher catches it and turns, tries to throw me out, right? But the jaw out the front of my face, and the ball hits me in the jaw right here and shoots the, the jaw out the front of my face. To say the least, I broke my jaw eight places. I have a plate and eight screws, and, and they sent me home because it was so bad they had to figure out how to put it together. So three days, I have a broken jaw, and I'm just, they fix my nose and my jaw at the same time. Good. I go through an eight-hour surgery where they fix my nose and my jaw at the same time, and I have my mouth wired shut for eight weeks. I'm a worship pastor. Having your mouth wired shut, <laughs> and my teeth were wired shut so tight because it can't move, 
and I can't breathe through my nose, I can't breathe. I'm pulling my cheeks apart like, it was miserable. I spent the first three days drinking like insured shakes and all sorts of stuff. First of all, the doctors lied, okay? They were like, you could, man, just blend it up in a blender and you could drink, you know, cheeseburgers. And I was like, what? In a blender? That's disgusting. But then I realized I can't even get water down my mouth. And I got so bad, I got super dehydrated. I lost 27 pounds, and that sounds like a good weight loss plan, but I was only like 140 pounds to begin with, so I was literally in my teens. I was super just lethargic, had zero energy. I remember about three or four weeks into it, I was done. I was emotionally drained, physically, literally had nothing less left, and I had spiritually nothing. I just felt like I had nothing to live for. And I'll never forget it. I remember sitting in my room, Every minute felt like an hour, and it just took forever, thinking, I have to do this for eight weeks. And I remember one evening, my wife comes in, and she's like, Matt, I don't mean to be selfish, but I need you to love me. Just hold me, do something with me. And I just, I remember looking at her, and I I apologized. And I said, babe, I don't have anything to give. And Darcy just sat there for a minute, and all of a sudden, she gets up. And she walks out of the room, and she comes back, and I'll never forget it. She came back with her word. She just starts reading Psalms. Eventually, she changes over to the New Testament, and she opens up the book of Colossians. And she reads the words, the Son is the image of invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority, All things have been created through him and for him. And she went in for all things and in all things hold together. And she went into Colossians 2, and I remember very vividly certain things. There's a verse, feeling empty, to fullness. And I just remember not feeling full, feeling broken, feeling empty. I mean, first of all, find a wife who loves you, who reads scripture to you in your darkest, broken time. Seriously, it blessed me more than you know. But the truth is, is, man, God is supreme rule. and He holds all things together. And he knows the plans for your life. And his whole desire is for you to know that truth and to know him. And it springboards into what we're talking about today. So if you have your Bibles, open up to Colossians 2 with me. We're going to read through verse 9, 2 through 9. In Paul's writing to the Colossians, and he starts off with the words, my goal. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches and complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom all hidden, or excuse me, in whom are hidden all, just as you receive Christ Jesus in knowledge. Jumping into verse six, it says, so then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord Continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and, element, and elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Someone say amen. So this morning, 
In Colossians 2, Paul shares right off the bat, this is my goal. I love this because Paul has been transformed, he's been renewed, and he's been made alive with the message of Christ at the forefront of every word that he speaks. And he says, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. So that, everybody say so that. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order of this. Because the truth is, is this isn't just namely Christ. I love this because the truth is, is this isn't just Paul's desire. This isn't just Paul's goal. This is the desire of God. This is the desire of God. In John 17, real quick. Yeah, we're going to be flying today. Is that like an encouragement to get going? John 17, 14 says, I have given them your word, and the world, the world has hated them because they are not in the world, just as I am not in the world. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This is verse 16, 17 says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself so or that they may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20 says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. In verse 21, it says that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Let me just, in the full riches and understanding of your truth, my goal is that they would know you, Jesus, in the full riches and understanding of your truth so that the world would know the hope of Jesus. Jesus' prayer before he gets betrayed and deceived, or uh, betrayed and crucified and, and, and um, completely broken before a people, he says this, Lord, I have come and I've, I've brought them the word. In, the, in John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. He brought him Jesus, the absolute truth. He brought the truth, and he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And then he prays for what? Unity. God, would you make them one as you and I are one? And would you make them one in us that your kingdom would come through those being obedient of carrying out the commission? Come on, amen? Amen. And that is who we are as a body. And so this is what the whole point of discipleship is. And we see Paul's heart in it right off the bat. God, we pray that they'd be encouraged in heart, that they would be united in love so that they would come to the full understanding of your riches and your knowledge. Church, say it with me. Christ is, it says, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Church, say it with me. Christ is sufficient. Ryan said it. He had no idea what I'm preaching on today, and he says it. If there's anything that I came back with from in the, in the Middle East, it's this. Christ is enough. Christ is enough. When you just stop and you look around and all creation is crying out, Christ is enough. We are longing for the return of the Lord. He is enough. He is enough. He holds all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. See, church, because of what we read last week, Christ is supreme. He is sovereign. He is over all things. He is in all things. And all things are held together by him. Because of this truth, he is sufficient. That's what makes him enough. 
Does that make sense? The one who authored life, the one who gave you and I life, by definition, he's the only one who is enough because I don't even have life without him. The breath that I breathe, the things that I think, every ounce of my being is because of him. He is enough. I've said it a thousand times, I'll say it again, because the truth is, how many times I've forgotten that truth? Philippians 4.19 says this, my God will supply every need of yours according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34.10 says, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Philippians 3, 7 and 8, one of my favorite scriptures that Paul says. He says this, I once thought these things were valuable. He's talking about his work or his, 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 the law and all of the, the striving to, to keep the law. He says, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ as Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting them as garbage so that I could gain Christ. It's garbage in comparison to knowing him. He is enough. And so we see these words. There's a, there's a response to it. So then, everybody say, so then. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. See, church, the truth is, is because Christ is supreme, because he is sufficient, we're called to press into him. That when we stay rooted in the vine, the natural overflow from that is the divine nature of God. The only way we're brought to fullness that we're gonna read about in a minute is if we press into him, that we're rooted in him and rooted in those, that truth. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Because all treasures of knowledge and infinite wisdom in him, is in him alone, we have to be rooted and built up in him alone. In verse, and then it says this. It's kind of a warning to us. In verse 8, it says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. Another trans by high sounding, make sure no one takes your, your thoughts captive by high sounding nonsense. I literally was going to have Darcy make this super attractive. You ever have one of those presents that's been under the tree forever and you're just like laser beam locked on it because it just looks good? You know what I'm saying? Anybody? I remember doing that as a kid, just like, ooh, that one looks good. That's the one I'm going to open if I get to open one, right? And I literally thought about it this morning of having Darcy make this beautiful present and inside I have a great Dane that has a whole massive large poop. I'm gonna put the poop in this and just tie it with a really pretty bow and a whole lots of things. I didn't do it for our sake because it probably smell really bad, okay? But just take this imagery for a minute. Every single day, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy what God has made perfect. He possession, and not just his possession, a prize. He says you are a masterpiece. He says that you're his possession and not just his possession, a prized possession. He loves you and dearly so that he gave his life for you, and yet Satan, every single day, 
tries to still kill and destroy that truth. And because he's sitting working at it, just like in the Garden of Adam, or back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, he comes with this deception of going, Do you really want to know what God knows? And he comes against the truth of God because the truth is, is he has already lost. We know the end of the story. God is Alpha. Everything was made for him and through him. And the return of the return, the advent, Jesus coming is happening again. He has lost the war. Satan has no foothold. But guess what? He's going to come and try to still kill and destroy your soul so that he could at least win a battle. And the thing is, is he does it by wrapping a whole bunch of crap in a pretty bow. And we are going, ooh, but that looks kind of good. The word high-sounding nonsense is good. You know how many things we've wrapped with a pretty bow and says love on it, yet love is leading us to deception and is separating us from the love of God? And we've allowed those things to creep in because it's the high-sounding nonsense and it is not the truth of the truth. When we're saying, says, sanctify them by your truth. When we're sanctified and when we're rooted in Christ and Christ alone because he is enough, guess what? It delivers us from to say yes. Does that make sense? Church, I don't want to get on a soapbox for a minute, but I'm going to get on a soapbox for a minute. There has never been a generation that is more depressed than the one we're in right now. This is to be silent by not bringing the good news and the hope of Jesus and the peace, the Prince of Peace, who he is. And we have a generation struggling with depression which is leading to other things. We have a generation that has struggled with sexual identity and other identities forever, or for the, for the last year. And guess what? I heard a, 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 a quote this week. We will become what we tolerate. We will become what we tolerate. But let me tell you right now, God hates sin. I'm sorry that maybe we haven't preached it clear enough. God hates sin. This is not a message of condemnation, but I hope it's a message of conviction. Because the truth is, is Jesus' grace is sufficient and it's more than a sin. And the reason God hates sin is because it separates us from the perfect plan of Jesus. Say, I'm sorry that we haven't preached that. This is what I mean. When we start to tolerate something, sin creeps in and Satan's going, take a bite of that pretty little, look at this bow. Take a bite of that little apple. It's just a little bite. When you open it up, it's full of crap. We laugh at that church, but it's true. We've allowed a lot of crap to enter in. And that's why we have so many denominations. And we're debating philosophies because the truth is, is we've wavered from the foundation of the supremacy of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ, that he is our hope, that he is our peace, he is our everything. Let's the church unite around the truth of God. I'm already. Robert, you are the coolest kid I know. I'm going to tell Aaron, you never said that for him, I'm just saying. <laughs> Caleb Page, come up here. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Um, on Tuesday, I was scrolling through Facebook and I come across this video and it's funny what people will do for likes and subscribes these days, you know what I'm saying? You see these crazy prank videos and just the stuff people do is crazy, but lately I've noticed a popular trend of, 
a lot of YouTubers giving stuff away, giving away money, giving away AirPods, giving away MacBook Pros, giving away whatever it might be. Well, on this video I'm watching the other day, um, this guy, this YouTuber is knocking on random doors and he's asking people um, what their rent is and if, if he can pay it. And I'm like, well, that's, not, that's not, not a bad deal, right? So he just, in a random part of town, no, no, he said, he's like, I just knew that this part of town, maybe they could need some help. So he knocks on the first door and he asks this lady, hey, um, do you happen to rent? She's like, I do. And he's like, hey, I'm just an act of random kindness. Just wanna, how much is your rent? She's like, 900 bucks. And he's like, here you go. Hope it helps. That's it. Goes to the next house, does the same thing, goes to his next house. The next house, he says, this guy, and the guy goes, yeah. He's like, have you paid, um, do you happen to rent? And the guy goes, yeah. He's like, have you paid your rent yet? And the guy goes, dude, it is crazy you ask. He said, my rent's due tomorrow and I don't have it. And the YouTuber's like, awesome, dude. I, you just, I'm doing this random thing. I'm a YouTuber and I'm going around just seeing if I can pay people's rent. How much is your rent? And the guy's like, no way. Who are you? The guy's like, a YouTuber. He's like, no, are you sure you're just a YouTuber? The guy's like, yes, this is what I do, man. This is my channel, right? And the guy, the guy, he gives him 1,200 bucks and the guy standing at the door says, this is so crazy. He's like, yesterday I was just telling my wife, I don't know how we're gonna come up with this rent, but the Lord told me to trust him. This, and this is what he says. This is what he says. He told me to trust him. Do I believe do I believe his word that more than the, the birds in the trees, more than the flowers, I will provide? And I remember I just told him, I told my wife, I said, YouTuber stops him. He's like, whoa, bro, I don't know me to trust him, so I'm trusting him. And the YouTuber stops him. He's like, whoa, bro, I don't know about all that stuff. I'm just doing this. It's random, just a random act of kindness. Like, just trying to bless you, like trying to move and his wife comes to the door and he's like, are you an angel? And he's like, no, I'm a YouTuber. <laughs> and the guy says this, I don't know who you are, but the Lord told me to trust in him. And he sent you. And he provided. And he was faithful. He's more than enough. See, church, he's more than enough. And Jesus said, I brought the word. I am the word. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father. That is the gospel. That Jesus wasn't a fix to us screwing up badly. Jesus was and is and always will be the answer because he gave us free will to choose him because God wants us to know him deeply. And over and over again in our lives, we might forget this truth, but God shows us his faithfulness. In an Advent season of hope and a Prince of Peace, he says in Isaiah 9 that we read earlier, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. 
Church, I hope that this morning and through God's word that you're reminded that he is sovereign, supreme over all things, and he is enough. And I say this because I've asked, they're pretty awesome. This is my daughter Paige, my son Caleb. I might be partial, but they're pretty awesome. And one thing I tell them over and over again is I will fail you. And I apologize for that. They know that I have plenty of flaws. They see it every day. But I remind them all the time, there is no circumstance that's too big for God. There is no wall that God can't break down. There's no mountain high enough, no sea too deep. There's nothing too wide that will keep us and separate us from the love of Christ. And the truth is, is his word is sufficient. So I teach these guys all the time, take the word of God. And I'm challenging you with this. Take the word of God over a hard situation. Take the word of God over a broken situation. Take the word of God over every situation and speak it forth because the word of God will not return void. It will not return void. And when we take the word of God and we proclaim the word of God and we pray the word of God, we are literally asking the kingdom of God to invade our earth. We're asking for the coming of the Prince of Peace could live a full life and the child's been given. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me to death so that I could live a full life in you. And the only way that I'm completely full is in Christ. And so these two are just going to pray. God will meet all your... So in Philippians 4.19, it says, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Lord, you are enough. You provide in times of trials. You bless us with your glorious riches. Let us share faith to trust that you will satisfy our every need and in our rough times when it might not let we might not see a certain outcome. But God, we know that you have a plan for us and that it's all written down, God, that you are going to fulfill every single one of our needs, God, and that you are faithful and that you are good. John 4, 14. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become, will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. God, I pray just as a church body, we take, we take a huge drink of that eternal life water, God, that it just flows through us constantly. And even when we deny, even when we step away from you, God, you're always coming after us. And we don't we don't take shelter in Satan's lies and deceit, God, but we know we're fulfilled by your heart. And we know that everything comes from you, God, that you were, you're just planned, you planned our lives before our parents even knew what our names would be, before we were in our mother's womb, God, so I just pray that we're just completely eyes set on you, especially going into a new year, a new semester for students, and just a complete reset on your heart, God, just everything is fulfilled by you, and nothing that's saying us to lie or place in our hearts. Second Thessalonians 3.16 says, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with all of you. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, God. You come flow over, come and flow your peacefulness over us, God, and set us free from our burdens and our captivity, God. Lord, come and make our hearts pure and still in your name, Jesus. Let us feel your heavenly peace, God, that's eternal and everlasting, God. Let it radiate over us in those difficult situations when we should
feel stressed out or worried, God, but people will be like, what the heck? Because we're so peaceful, but that peace is through your last that is fulfilling, that is the only person in the world that could ever give us a peace that will last, that is fulfilling, that is true. 2 Corinthians 13, 11 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be one of mine, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. God, I pray that we just want your heavenly peace. God, for what the world calls peace is not peace. It has nothing in comparison of the true heavenly peace that you bring, God. I just pray for a blanket that over our, over our hearts and over our families and over or just wherever you are, wherever you need it, God everything can be lost and anxiety and fear especially just in the past years God it's just like what comes next what is this what is your plan for this God but we just keep our eyes focused on you and you bring that peace in our lives that just allows us to knock that anxiety away and just completely focus on you and just spend every waking second we have just eyes fixed on you in your name I pray amen amen can we just do this can you guys stand for just a minute kind of put your hands out like this. I just want to pray over you. God, would you make us one as you and the Father and the Spirit are one. God, I just ask that God, remind us love today. God, I pray that you'd bring us back to our first love today. That God, everything was made for you. Everything was made through you in full assurance by you. And because of this, Lord, we can trust in full assurance that you are enough. And we come to this fullness through your son, Jesus Christ. We, nothing else. As the bride of Christ, nothing else will do. Nothing else. So Father, break everything that we've tried to fill the void in our lives in and trust that you are in no and full assurance that God, it is absolute. And so, Lord, I just, again, we thank you for the work of the cross. We thank you that we've, you've adopted us as sons and daughters into your family. We thank you that you've taken a wretch like me and redeemed me, brought me back so I can boldly, boldly come and approach your throne. Father, we thank you, we praise you, and we proclaim we love you. Have an incredible week. And everyone said amen. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.